Hello and welcome to the second episode of How Did We Get Here, an analysis of different music movements and genres from the 60s to the early 2000s and its impact on our culture. Last time we talked about the first half of the 60s, but now, after this episode, your whole perception of rock music will change with one of my personal favorite genres, uh, psychedelic rock, of course. I would say that this genre for me is the weirdest, most poetic, and then in a way, kind of euphoric type of rock music. The sounds can change your perception and go beyond the limits of your imagination. In this episode, we would discuss many things that surround psychedelic rock, from its ideology, characteristics, politics, to its different branches worldwide. Uh, personally, to me, Psychedelic Rock was introduced by a singer called Donovan with his album Sunshine Superman, and I really want to do the same with you right now. When I look out my window Many sights to see And when I look in my window So many different people to be That it's strange So strange You got to pick up This was Season of the Witch by Donovan. All right, let's start like with the first episode with the context. Uh, the British invasion, as we said before, didn't limit itself to Great Britain and later on inspired the American youth to start their own rebellion against older and more conservative generations by also, like uh, in Britain, expressing themselves through music, but in a more, I would say, extravagant way. Uh, we often associate psychedelic rock to the hippie movement, and actually it's totally accurate. Both of them were born between 1965 and 1966 in San Francisco, California, and would share the same values. Initially, it was a movement that rose in opposition to the involvement of American troops in the Vietnam War, and eventually against the standards of American life that were mainly dominated by materialism and uh, repression. Hippies, in opposition to this way of living, would advocate non-violence and love and also would promote openness and tolerance as an alternative to the restrictions as they saw in middle-class society. Uh, their different lifestyle was also followed by the constant use of psychedelic drugs such as LSD, MDMA and others that would produce change in visual perception. Uh, and th those drugs were eventually the initiator of a distinctive, more daring and controversial form of rock music. So, um, who were the first one to do it? Who made this distinction of psychedelic rock with the rest of classic rock and roll music? In this part, I would like to introduce to you, uh, in my opinion, the three main bands from San Francisco that uh, nowadays I would consider them as the initiators of psychedelic rock movement. 
Uh, first of all, we have Jefferson Airplane. Uh, their career started from playing in small bars and just clubs uh, all around San Francisco and little restaurants. Yeah, and um, and they would reach later on in just an amount of three years the top by writing, as a lot of critics call it, the anthem of psychedelic rock. So let's, in the first place, listen to High Flying Bird, which is a song from their first album called Jefferson Airplane Takes Off. There's a high-flying bird Way up in the sky now Yes, and I wonder If she looks down As she flies home by Well, she's riding on the air So easy in the sky But it's their second album that really took off their career with significant hits, such as Somebody to Love and White Rabbit. And uh, right now, I actually want to go a little bit more in depth with the song White Rabbit, because it is indeed the anthem of psychedelic rock that I was talking about in the beginning. Uh, the song White Rabbit was wrote by Grace Lick, who's the lead singer, in 1967 after allegedly having <laughs> an acid trip. In the lyrics, she identifies not only herself, but the whole American youth to, the, to Alice, uh, to Alice from Lewis Carroll's novel, Alice in Wonderland. Uh, right now I'm going to play a uh, part of the song and I strongly advise you to listen to the lyrics very carefully. Eventually, she associates Alice's adventures to the mind expansion, social experimentation, and exploration that occurs while taking psychedelics. In her opinion, drugs are not a bad habit or addiction, but an invitation to the wonderland. The last characteristic of the song which makes it even more unique is its structure. You have maybe already noticed that there are no verses or choruses, but just a sense of accumulation. It can mainly remind us of a bolero, which is a type of structure in classical music, and gives us the sense of diving into a trip or another world, as did Alice.
the quote, Feed Your Head, which, with which Grace Slick ends the song, is probably the most significant quote in the whole song. She again here refers to the use of psychedelic drugs as a way to broaden your mind and discover new horizons through imagination. So, the second band that I want to talk about is uh, The Grateful Dead, uh, which, is also, which also can be considered as one of the most significant bands of psychedelic rock. Um, and the third, last band from San Francisco that I think is worth to be mentioned would be uh, Big Brother and the Holding Company with Janis Joplin. It is also interesting to notice that uh, we finally have some women as lead singers in rock bands. Today, we even consider that singers such as Grace Slick, Janis Joplin, John Baez, etc., opened the way for other women in the music industry because before them... Uh, even when you think about it, in my first episode, we didn't have any female singers. And indeed, it was very r rare or even unseen. So now I'm going to play Down On Me by um, Big Brother and the Holding Company. And I think it's a live recording. Yeah, wait. Yes, it is. Live and doing very, very well. Big, big, big brother and the Holding Company. What down on me? already heard several songs of psychedelic rock but we haven't gotten through its main characteristics uh it has the same basic instrument composition such uh, as in classic rock bands so with an electric guitar a drum kit bass and eventually keys but it differs from other rock genres due to several criteria the first one uh, would be the elaborate studio effects and experimentation with sound in many songs, you can, in fact, hear backward tapes, long delay loops, extreme reverberation, and many more. At the time, these experiments were revolutionary and didn't fit perfectly. Oh, sorry. And they fit perfectly in the current of cultural changes. So for the first song that I want to show you will be, yes, I had too much to dream last night by the electric prunes.
As a second example, I'll play Tomorrow Never Knows by the Beatles. But um, why the Beatles are here right now in Psychedelic Crop, we uh, are going to talk about that a little bit later. So this is Tomorrow Never Knows by the Beatles from their album called Revolver. this part of the song you can clearly hear a guitar solo riff by George Harrison just basically put it backwards and played in the song all right so uh, the second main attribute would be the massive influence of Indian and Eastern culture and sometimes even medieval music the Indian influence is probably related to the fact that hippies started relating them themselves to Indian traditions and even religions they would be interested in Buddhism and Hinduism meditate a lot, and live more peacefully. This fascination with Indian music um, has gotten to the point where traditional Indian mu musicians such as Ravi Shankar would even perform at massive rock festivals such as the, yeah, such as the Monterey Festival. So to show you a little example, I'm going to play another song by Donovan from the same album Sunshine Superman called Three Kingfishers. Twelve kingfisher birds shall you have Dive and swim in the ripples of your love Oh, I dreamed you were a jewel Sitting on golden crown on my And as a second example, I'm gonna play the song called Keep Your Mind Open by Kaleidoscope. Flowers bloom and there is day and wind and trees and tides. Yet across the sea men know not why they have died. Still love remains in some strong heart. Keep your mind open. So then, the third attribute of psychedelic rock would be its structure. Artists would stop to limit themselves to only a three minutes length in order to be played at the radio and uh, would mess with the structure in every way possible. 
lot of songs would even be seven, nine, or 11 minutes long and would remind us of a suit, experience, or even a trip instead of simply a song. Obviously, I can only show you a very short part of each of the songs, and it's very hard to translate through this little part the feeling that it gives you uh, when you listen entirely to the song. So I strongly suggest you to listen to the full versions of these songs after the episode. Uh, all of them will be uh, available in a playlist that is in the description for this episode. So for the first example, I'm going to play a song which is 10 minutes long called Mind Flowers by Ultimate Spinach. The second song that I'm gonna show you is called All Is One by Eric Burden and the Animals. Oh, actually for this one, it's not only the song that is an experience, but the whole album called The Twain Shall Meet. Uh, I'll play other songs from this album later on in the episode. So in here, all of the songs are linked and flow into each other uh, and become a huge 45 minutes long song. To be honest, I actually think it's one of my favorite albums of all time, so I really recommend it to you. To give you a little reminder of who the animals are, you probably know them for the song The House of the Rising Sun, but then two years later on, after the song, they would play this kind of music. So finally, the last... Uh, oh, no, sorry. Um, but after all of the technical parts, uh, I want to talk about the lyrics in Psychedelic Rock. So as you've probably already noticed, many lyrics were linked to the use of drugs, uh, we already heard it in White Rabbit, and also I Had Too Much to Dream Last Night, and in Mind Flowers. But artists wouldn't only sing about that, of course. Uh, one of the trends uh, was to have very surreal, whimsical, uh, literally inspired lyrics, with sometimes reference to childhood. Uh, usually you don't really understand what is happening, but it still captivates you in this weird and undetermined way. Uh, to draw an example, yeah, I'll play The End by The Doors from their first album, uh, also called The Doors. 
edge of town Ride the King's Highway Weird scenes inside the gold mine This song is also, yes, it's 12 minutes long, so I also strongly advise you to listen to it entirely to understand what I was talking about. And the second example, yes, would be uh, Reverberation by the 13th Floor Elevators. And finally, the last type of lyrics that we can associate with psychedelic rock is uh, the expression against the Vietnam War. We all know that at the time, the United States were mainly involved in the Vietnam War in the context of the Cold War and would constantly send troops and kill many innocents. A lot of riots would happen in the United States in opposition to the war and they would very often end with police violence and other confrontations. And the song called For What It's Worth by Buffalo Springfield that I'm going to play right now is exactly about these protests. Something happening here What it is ain't exactly clear There's a man with a gun over there Telling me I got to beware I think it's time we stop, children, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going down. There's battle lines being drawn, and nobody's right. All right, so the other songs that I'm going to play are directly related to the Vietnam War, and the first one is called Universal Soldier by, again, Donovan. Yeah, as you can guess, I really like this artist. He's five foot two and he's six feet four. He fights with missiles and with spears. He's all of 31 and he's only 17. He's been a soldier for a thousand years. He's a Catholic, a Hindu, an atheist, a Jain, a Buddhist and a Baptist and a Jew. And he knows he shouldn't kill, and he knows he always will. Kill you for me, my friend, and me for you. And the last song uh, in the section of Vietnam War songs would be All Along the Watchtower by Jimi Hendrix.
must be some kind of way out of here. Say the joker to the thief. There's too much confusion. I can't get no relief. Businessman there, drink my wine. Come and dig my earth. All right. So now that we've talked about the characteristics, uh, let's see how psychedelic rock expanded, not only in the US, but also in the whole world. And it's very different different for every part. So in New York, uh, psychedelic rock would completely differ from the San Francisco's basics. It would mainly concentrate on minimalism. And this is exactly what we can see in almost every song of, I think, one of the most significant band uh, from New York at that time called The Velvet Underground. It actually was produced by Andy Warhol and uh, it just perfectly defines the whole, uh, I would say, New York culture of this time. I'm gonna play the song called Venus and First from the first album of The Velvet Underground. See, we can we can see this minimalism in just several strings, not many chords, and very basic lyrics. And uh, to better show you this example, I'm gonna play a second song from the Velvet Underground called "The Black Angels Death Song" from the same album. Myriad choices of his fate set themselves out upon a play for him to choose. What had he to lose? Not a ghost bloody country all covered with sleep where the black angel did weep. Not an old city street and he's gone to choose. And Warren's brother walked on through the night with his hair and his face flung along smith and cut from the night. All right, in Britain, uh, when psychedelic rock was, uh, yeah, became a mainstream movement, uh, many bands that actually we discussed in the first episode followed that path of American bands and, uh, and also new British bands like Kaleidoscope would move uh, and also make psychedelic rock. So the Beatles, for example, did an amazing job at adapting to this genre with their albums Revolver and Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club. And another band that uh, did that was The Who when they released their third album called The Who Sell Out in 1967. Uh, I'm going to play a song called Armenia City in the Sky from this album right now.
But the song that, in my opinion, is the most British psychedelic song would be uh, the song called Picture of Matchstick Man by Statu Quo. Uh, why this one? Uh, I still don't know. It just, it just reminds me of the Britain atmosphere at that time. Alright, now as the last part, I want to show you some of my favorite psychedelic rock songs, but that are not in English. So the first band comes from Brazil and is called Os Mutantes. Their debut album, which is also called Os Mutantes, uh, is probably the weirdest album that I've ever heard, with the biggest amount of different instruments, structures and effects. Uh, the only way for me to explain you how weird it is, is just to play it. So this is Spanish is Cercenes by Os Mutantes. And a second song from this album that I want to show you is Aminha Menina from also the same album, Os Mutantes. So now we're gonna move from Brazil to France. Uh, in France, we don't have any, we yeah we don't have many psychedelic rock bands, but some artists would still follow the trend. And one of them, whose name is Jacques Dutronc, uh, did that with his song called Ipipi Ura. 
Je suis pi, je suis pi, c'est ma nouvelle philosophie. Ipipi, vive le Mukutra. And finally, in Africa, a branch of psychedelic rock was created also, and it was called Afro Psychedelica. Uh, as an example, I'm going to play the song, oh, I cannot say the name, it's too hard, but the band is called Mono Mono, and here, here it is. So, by the end of the 60s, psychedelic rock was a mainstream genre. Millions of people around the world will follow the new movement and militate for a peaceful and open-minded world. The peak of this movement was a three days long event that gathered in it all of the characteristics and phenomena uh, that were talked about uh, that we talked about today. And you have already guessed, I think, what I mean, and it is indeed the Woodstock Music and Art Fair. On the third episode of How Did We Get Here, we'll go through the whole festival, its headliners, the events, and why it became the most famous and important festival of all time. And uh, as an addition, we will not simply listen to the artists' songs, but we will listen to their actual live recordings from the festival itself. And to give you a little demo of how it will sound, I'll play the recording of Hey Joe, by, G- by Jimi Hendrix on the last day of the festival. Thank you so much for listening until the end. This was How Did We Get Here, Episode 2, A Dive into the Psychedelics. Thank you so much. 